nicer. And also, I, did, I wasn't going to mention that we actually saw a physical fight in uh, our mate was punched. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. It was really peaceful. Only only one of our mates got punched in the face. <laughs> did you get punched? Our mate did. Ah. Hello and welcome to another episode of Political Dregs. I'm going to try and give some uh, introductions again this time because it's been a while. I'm Calvin Robinson. I am a former Conservative candidate uh, twice over, former Brexit Party candidate once. Uh, we've got Hamish Hunter, former Conservative candidate for council in Hampstead. We've got Amir Sajedi, former Change UK, Conservative, um, Lib Dem. Did I miss any out, Amir? <laughs> we've, got, we've got Joel Davidson, former elected Conservative councillor and former... London list candidates, and we have Arena von Wies. I hope I said it right. Is it von Wies or von Weiss? Perfect. It's von it's Wieser, but it was there almost go. there. So no, please do correct me. As I, I'm a school teacher, as I say to my kids when I take the register, please correct me if I say your name wrong. And you are the former London representative in the European Parliament. That's correct. for the Absolutely. Liberal Democrats. For Liberal Democrats, that's right. But it's a great uh, sign when we've got everyone from the political spectrum, except for the anti-Semites, on here. You know, from, from the Tories to the Lib Dems to the Brexit Party, and we can all have a good political discourse. That's an amazing thing for British politics, I think. Yeah. Um, so let's all talk about something we can, we can share in common. Let's talk about the state of terrorism in the United Kingdom at the moment and these convicted terrorists who are being released early from prison. Uh, I know Joel's particularly passionate about this, so I'll let you start off with your ranting. Um, <laughs> It's it's absolutely appalling, Calvin. Uh, we have a huge Tory majority, um, and we have a solid consensus behind the, the need to clamp down on law and order in this country and clamp down on on crime. And uh, frankly, uh, it's just unacceptable. We need an emergency uh, national security suspension of the European Convention of Human Rights to allow. Um, Terrorists to be detained um, indefinitely if they remain a public risk. Joel's right wing again. This is great. Keep going. Uh, no, I, 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 I am I am horrified at what we've seen. It's happening again and again. We've got a conservative government. We have the most right wing Home Secretary since Michael Howard, mm -hmm. uh, easily, who was a legend, by the way. Um, so what's going on? So let, let's see some tough some tough measures. And we've got rampant crime out of control, uh, both both in terms of terrorism. Uh, and in terms of other crimes. So, yeah, I'm appalled and we've got to absolutely clamp down on it. So I agree with you. But as this podcast comes out today, I believe uh, new legislation is being announced. So we don't actually know what it is yet while we're recording. But is rushed legislation ever effective? Is that ever a good way of uh, fixing problems like this? Hamish. Well, it's, yeah, well, it's absolutely not. Um, uh, the Blair government famously created at least... Uh, a, one criminal offence for every day that it was in power and I think if you ask people in the criminal law uh, community, law enforcement uh, it didn't really add very much, uh, you've got a criminal justice bill, you know, almost every year or so. What we need and I agree with Joel in this respect, that we cannot have people who are released uh, who are clearly a present danger mm. to people. What we need is to have, I believe, a bit more flexibility in sentencing and parole for the judges and the parole um, 
boards who, who look at individual cases. I do not believe that every single person who is convicted of a terror-related offence in terms of, um, you know, having been radicalised uh, should be possibly you know, could possibly be put behind bars for the rest of their life I mean, these people some of them can be rehabilitated and can be safe and, in and the some community. can be deported as well as you know. yeah. well it, it, indeed but equally it's clearly an unacceptable situation where we're having people who are known to the authorities who 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 are being released um and and, and causing issues what i would say is that what we don't need to do is overreact. So, yes, there have overreact. been issues. The guy running down the street with a knife, randomly knifing people. I think we should overreact to that, frankly. Well, I don't, th I don't think we... I think we should react appropriately to that, yeah. which is... But <laughs> it's reacting, happening. Of course, but the, the problem... Yeah, fundamentally, if you locked up every man between the ages of 12 and 60 in prison, there would be no crime, right? That, that's, 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 true. that's true. That is, there would be basically no crime, right? We don't do that because that would be a massive overreaction. Similarly, with we need... But you're consider... talking about pre-crime. These are people that are convicted for having course, committed a crime. Of course, and they need to Terrorism. serve their sentences. Terrorism. They need to serve their sentences, but actually... What is the diff? We should we be treating people who stab people on the high street in the name of terrorism differently from people who just stab people because it's part of a robbery? I, I'm not sure we necessarily should. So I, I'm a little bit worried about this knee jerk, lock him up, throw away the key approach, and actually let's let's have a case by case basis. Let's the judges and the parole officers, you know. So sorry, you can tell you're Let's let's get soft. a liberal point of view. And Arena, don't feel like we just you have had a liberal point of view. Don't feel like you have to wait for us to stop. Please do jump in when you like. But what do you think? Yeah, I'm this? listening to this is great interest acting, quite ama some amazement. So, you know, first of all, I think we have to take a step back here because none of you has actually said what they mean by terrorism. Um, which is quite important when you think about it. Hamish rightly said, you know, do we treat different people differently if they kill somebody for whatever motivation? So Terrorism, the definition of terrorism is really, really difficult. If you say it is violence committed in the name of some political conviction, for example, you know, you would have to take a closer look at a lot of military engagement and you'd have to take a very close look at the assassination of various um, foreign uh, leaders or, you know, people like um, Soleimani. Um, by the United States. So what is terrorism? That's the first thing. Why do we treat it differently? Why why are we thinking that there are some, some category that you need to treat differently? Secondly, this is nothing to do with human rights whatsoever or the European Convention of Human Rights. Obviously, the only human right that here is at stake is the right of the victim to live. And that right is the same, whether somebody, um, as Hamish said, stabs them or kills them with whatever means for whatever motivation clearly that is something that we need to prevent now we have the laws in place we have all the criminal laws they are actually flexible you can lock people away for life if there is still a danger what we don't have is proper implementation we don't have the the, the proper funding we don't have the proper training for people who can assess somebody who's been in prison before they're being released 
for example, whether there still are a danger, and that is not an easy assessment, right? You need a psychologist and you need people who really know what they're doing. You can't lock somebody up forever because, well, you never know, they may come out and commit another crime or they may not. You need to have a proper assessment of their danger. This has gone clearly wrong in this case. And it is clearly unacceptable that there wasn't a proper assessment. But you don't need a change in the laws. What you need is proper implementation of the laws that we already have. And you definitely need more funding for law enforcement and specifically for probation officers. Well, I fully agree with more funding for law and order. So again, we're, we're, we're in, in agreement. And, and I officers. Yeah. But Joel, but Joel I, I mean, this person was released uh, early, but he was being tailed by uh, undercover police and he was stopped before he actually did uh, fatally harm someone. Well, he was, so. thank God. I mean, he still stabbed two people, could easily have killed them. But um... I think this shows that that the police did their job, actually. I actually, I, I actually looked at this uh, kind of terrorist event and I was like, wow, the police, the police actually did tell this guy. They knew he was a danger. And exactly what Irina said, uh, um, we have yeah. failed at a different part of our infrastructure yeah, the not, criminal not justice a... system failed, not the police. I think I'm with yeah. that. I, I would feel a lot safer if the 200-odd uh, characters who have been convicted of terrorist offences, who, who we know about, who are currently in our jails, were never released, frankly. And uh, I know that the majority of the, of the British voters, uh, British public feel that way. And, and that's, uh, actually, that's the true. terrorists get locked away? What about the murderers? What about the rapists? What about the other people who may come out and, and commit crimes that should should they just be treated differently from those uh, people that you label yeah. terrorists? By the way, you still haven't explained who you think is a terrorist and who isn't. Well, no, I mean, I, I did. I think that there's a group of around, I don't know the, the exact number, but there's a group of around 200 individuals who have been convicted of, of, of specific terrorist offences in this country who are currently in prison. So I'm saying those people in particular, I personally, I know I speak for the majority of British um British population, would be more than happy if those people were never released from prison because they're a huge threat to this country. Yeah, but undoubtedly, undoubtedly, that is that, that that is true, and I would feel I would feel a lot safer if we locked up a huge swathes of of people based on various prejudices that I may or may not have. But that's not how you run a, a liberal democratic society that's based on the rule of law. The other thing that we haven't mentioned, which I think is important, is of course that prison itself can be a breeding ground for radicalizing people further exactly one of the issues i have with short prison sentences you know people who don't uh, pay their council tax or or whatever to, by way of example is that it's hugely expensive and it doesn't really it doesn't really achieve anything no one, I, I don't really believe people should go to prison for for certainly less than a month um in terms of actual solid time served but undoubtedly prisons can be a place where people get radicalized or further radicalized and the other aspect of this is what are we doing in prison because of course detaining someone in prison is a punishment and it should be a punishment and and that's a part of custodial sentencing as is prevention uh, uh, is is uh, safety of the public you know, keeping these people outside or inside and away from the public but when you have people in prison can't just be locking up, throw away the key for for the for the course of their sentence. We need to be looking at how we can 
deal with them and uh, and not only prevent them getting more radicalized but sort of unradicalize them and that's education skills job opportunities you know, which is why i'm a big fan of, pe of people like timpsons uh, and in brixton prison they have a whole they have a restaurant where they train inmates to with skills of you know in the service industries because actually if you get released and you've got a bit of education you've got some skills you can get a job that is how you prevent recidivism generally but we but don't see not, this liberal progressive attitude doesn't work this is what we do don't forget this london attack recently was a guy going to a rehabilitation conference on talking about how this has helped his life who's been calm indeed i mean i think if you if you uh, that, that, that doesn't mean that that doesn't sorry that doesn't mean that it means it doesn't work no it doesn't that is absolutely not what it means it means that is an example of, of it not working, working. yeah yeah it doesn't mean you can't you can't just eradicate terrorism by throwing people in prison and locking the key away remember there are loads and loads of attacks that were committed by people who had actually not been in prison who had not been underrated screen people are radicalized in all kinds of places for all kinds of reasons we need to deal with the reasons why they feel a need to be listening to you know hatred or extremism in the first place and mm. i'm not just talking about the sort of islamist jihadist i'm talking about right-wing terrorists i'm talking about white supremacists all kinds of, of would you treat Irina, would you treat these types of different types of terrorists differently would you say islamic uh, extremism is one type of terrorism we have to treat it differently to maybe uh nationalism irish nationalism maybe right-wing terror terrorism is different or would you say they're all in the same kind of grouping well i grew up in in germany in the 80s where we had the red brigades and you know they were assassinating specific people rather than just random attacks but they were like the first really hardcore terrorists um so and that's why i said we need to think about how we define terrorism so if terrorism is is violence committed for an ideology let's say that's broadly the the definition of terrorism and of course that is is any kind of ideology right whether you are an irish nationalist or or a german communist or um an american white supremacist or a jihadist um who is radicalized by isis the point is that these people are radicalized to such a degree that they feel they have no other way to express their opinion than by committing acts of violence, which are usually directed against innocent bystanders or those people they think are sort of representatives of society. So that radicalization, um, that happens because these people are alienated. If we don't deal with that, if we don't ask why they're alienated, then locking them up is going to maybe prevent a few of those repeat attacks, but it's never going to eradicate terrorism. Well, I, I agree with that. And if I, I'm slightly worried that my, my right wing credentials uh, are being somewhat uh, yep. tarnished here at the moment. So I will let me let me burnish them uh, with this. I would be very muscular about dealing with the causes of radicalization in the community. <clears throat> I think we give far, far too much leeway to rather unpleasant uh, imams, particularly uh, you know, schools that are teaching you know, slightly you know, very odd off-curriculum uh, 
attitudes and uh, 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 and things and and promoting and not challenging people who who seek to to speak yeah. in the name of communities such as the Islamic Muslim community uh, we need to we need to be much firmer on that we we need to promote uh, a liberal uh, sort of stra strand of uh, Islam in particular in Britain uh, and part of that is actually a wider issue to do with assimilation and and you know that's why I uh, you know I believe that people should learn to speak English and I have concerns about uh, some uh, the way that the women in in some Muslim communities are treated and segregated because actually unless a community is brought into wider society like for example the jewish community has done so successfully over the years like the sikh community and the hindu community has done so successfully in this country there are elements of the muslim community in this country that haven't done that and i think that's where we we there's a, a real battle to fight that can actually prevent all of this and i would be a lot i would be a lot tougher for example abu Qatada and abu hamza absolutely get rid of them and deport them to wow. Jordan. You know, I mean, no question in my mind that that should be the case. And as for burning books and you know, um, burning the satanic verses, which I have a my very own proud copy of right here. I'm sorry, but we have to be much more muscular in our liberalism and say in this country that's not what we do. We don't. So which, we don't which, do that. Which goes I actually down. agree with most of that. I'm happy to say, Hamish, and particularly happy that you mentioned the word liberal about five times. Well, absolutely, because I am a liberal. Just, just one thing that I disagree with, and that is the focus on Islamist terrorism. The truth is that, um, according to the Home Office, the greatest threat in future rise of terrorism is now actually right-wing terrorism. Um, what, what is so right-wing terrorism, though? What so the attacks that? that we've seen on Jill Cox and 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 other um, uh, racist, xenophobic, um, white supremacist attacks that come from are you, are you actually saying that white supremacy is more of an issue than extremist Islamism in this country? Uh, so according to Home of Assessment, in terms of future threats, they think that this is the fastest growing trend in terrorism. I know we have seen a string of deadly and horrific attacks, mostly committed um, by Islamic terrorists. But we mustn't forget that we've also had attacks around the world from white wing terrorists. So I think single yeah. out only Muslim or um, e extreme Islamist terrorism is also wrong. Um, we have to look at just the, the degree of intolerance in any type of community, whether that be a religious community or, you know, any other community, any type of intolerance, any type of exclusion um, can lead to that kind of radicalization. It's almost like it doesn't really matter what the content is of that religion or of that belief. But it's not always down to isolation and um, it's not always just that terrorism is, is the only way people think they can express their views. It is often down to people indoctrinating the vulnerable. And the chief, Her Majesty's Chief Inspector of Ofsted came out this week to say, look, it's happening in a lot of these Islamist schools and that they're, they're practicing and preaching extreme views and no one's challenging it because they're all afraid of looking racist or Islamophobic. Or yeah, I'm, I agree. I, I just can't accept that, that, that 
in reality that the home office uh, is is correct on that one. I, I just I just think there is frankly a hierarchy of concerns that people would have. I, as a councillor, for instance, I was amazed in Brent that there was pushback at local level against Prevent uh, mm-hmm. and what it was trying to achieve. Incredible that the, the Labour controlled council were essentially slating Prevent. I know that happened in Labour councils across across uh, London and other areas. So there's not engaging with a program that is meant to stop radicalization in, in children from a young age. So as Hamish was saying, failure to engage with those programs is is very disappointing. But I'm afraid they're just I am Jewish. So, of course, white supremacism is a big concern for me. But I'm afraid that I just is Islamic terrorism, of which we've seen of the kind that we've seen for the last 20 years or since 9-11 is absolutely terrifying to, to the to Western values and people who live in Western countries. There is a hierarchy. There's something that is fundamentally existential about the threat that it poses and the, the barbarism of it and the terror that it, it imbues in uh, populations. And that is why I think it needs to be treated um, in a specific way. And, but, jo- uh, but Joel, okay, sorry. Um, we, like you said, since 9-11, I mean, what we're seeing now is a, is a reaction to Western foreign policy. Oh, it's, come on. It's, a, it's the truth. This is, this, is, this is what we're seeing right now. We have been intervening in the Middle East since forever. And we're, we're, we're shocked. We're suddenly shocked that these people want a little bit of revenge, you know, want a little bit of payback. I'm not apologetic. I'm just saying it's a fact. We just continuously pursue our adventurism in the Middle East and other countries around the world. And we don't expect this to come back and hit us where it hurts. Well, that may be, but, but I'm telling you in terms of... Uh, the solution uh, is different to what you're suggesting. You're saying that this is what we have to do. We have to lock these people up, never let them out, and this is going to solve the problem. But actually, yeah. we have to go back one step, two solved, steps, but... three steps back and yeah. try and figure out why these people are angry towards us. And I, it isn't just... We know why it isn't angry, just because they don't... It isn't just about views. that. It isn't just I, about the anger. You mix well, the but... anger with their religious fervor, with their indoctrination, with the radicalization, and then you have a recipe of disaster, which actually we have to bear and we have to suffer. We have to go three steps back and change our foreign policy, and then maybe in the future we can undo what is continuously mounting up like a little bit of an avalanche. Okay. I think you're that was... spot on, Amir, absolutely. And, and you know, it's it's not an excuse. That's really important to say. It, sound like it is not an excuse <laughs> of those attacks. Obviously, there was never an excuse for murdering somebody, okay? But we do have to look at the reasons, and it's spot on. I think the images that came out of, of the, the the prisons in in, in Iraq where you know the americans were torturing people etc cetera, etc cetera. you can't just neglect you can't just say that didn't happen and of course that has caused deep-seated anger and we have to somehow also look at what went wrong with you know with our policy what went wrong with our our engagement with those people and what went wrong with entire parts of our communities in in cities throughout europe this is not just a uk problem this is everywhere it's in france everywhere else where whole communities feel completely disenfranchised feel like they have nothing in common with you know with with the majority in in their country um that that don't feel like they are even part of that community and and clearly that goes two ways 
it takes two to tango. And clearly none of the two sides here wanted to tango. So we also have to do something about our own side of that division. Well, I found, I found, I found both the, the recent contributions disturbing um, because I do think it is, uh, if not an uh, apology or uh, seeking to, apology. or seeking or seeking to sort of make excuses, it is seeking to, I think, distort the reality of the situation because it is not simply about Western foreign policy, which is an easy target. Um, and of course, it has never it has never been completely perfect. But I'll give two examples which 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 show the fallacy of that argument. The first of all is you look at ISIS, right? I cannot believe the proposition that if the West, the America, NATO withdrew from the Middle East, withdrew the troops, that ISIS would say, fine right this is we've got our caliphate in iraq and syria that's uh, why i said three about, steps back about, one about, step back well so, so we created we created isis what, they, made want in iraq. Do, what they want to do what they want to do they, they're not well, just, we they just, really say, just just get get out of io they want to drive israel into the sea and then they want to come to europe and they want to stop us this is why the homegrown terrorists, you know, if it was just about actually we just want to live our, our way in, in, in our countries, why would they be here? It's because they, it's not about just, oh, well, just leave them there and they can do their own thing. Because actually they object to me living here in my way. Right. And they want to stop that. Absolutely. Just let me finish this one point. And for as long as they want to do that, I've got a problem with it. And yeah, I'm going to support dealing with that because the world is globalized. Yeah, it's well, not just about, it's very easy to base, you know, you said, that, oh, it's Western foreign policy, the Iraq war, and the involvement of the, the United States in, in, in um, the uh, Soviet Afghanistan war. And oh, those pesky Jews in Israel, why are they there? Like, you know, oh, if only they could just sort of move off. Yeah, well, what is Finland's foreign policy? You know, they've had terrorist attacks. What is Germany have had them? I mean, countries that have had no involvement at all in the Middle East have had terrorist attacks just because they're Western countries. Look, I'm going to say what everyone's thinking here. It's not about foreign policy. It's about an incompatibility in views and, and values. Mm. We let our gay people get married. We let our women drive and wear whatever they want. We can eat and go wherever we want to. We have civil liberties here, and that offends certain people. It offends everything they stand for, and they don't want it. They don't want us to have it. That is what it comes down to. Civil um, liberties and Sharia law are incompatible. Look, Well, no, I mean, that, that is part of it. But that doesn't explain, for example, right-wing terrorism, right? That doesn't explain, for Which is example, not a major issue in comparison to extremist Islamists. Or tell yeah. that to the people in Christchurch, or tell that to the people in Norway. Of course, it's an issue. You can't it say it's not. I'm talking. I'm talking. We're talking about UK terrorism here. Well, it's sure. okay to say that the Home I Office think thinks so, at some under... point in the future that this might be a bigger issue, but they're not yes. profits in the Home Home Office. I think you're That's... forgetting about the IRA, for example, um, which you know. Is the IRA still a major issue? So, well, luckily not. But you know, you wouldn't. You you, you can't just say, oh, this is this, this is terrorism, but this isn't. But I agree. Yes, of course, there are some people who object to these values, and and that is that is one part of it. But that is not the the sort of fundamental issue here. I think the fundamental issue is that people are angry, they're disenfranchised, and we we have um, we have created a culture where there is 
there was no attempt to engage with them. And that's where they're vulnerable. And that's why some people obviously abuse that situation to radicalize them. And yes, I think uh, schools, you know, should not take part in this. And, and where we do see radicalization in schools, that needs to stop clearly because it starts with education. It starts with children when they're small and it is then that you, you have the best chance to integrate people. And that clearly hasn't happened. And I think that that is a really, you know, a, a situation we need to change. But as so, I said, it takes both sides to change it. I look forward to the Lib Dems campaigning for us uh, during the uh, mayoral campaigns for a strong collaboration with the Prevent uh, program then in, in schools and for, for a beefed up approach towards prevent and, and de-radicalization in schools. Would that be that be good to see? We are campaigning for any type of investment in education, particularly in youth programs, for after-school programs, for people to have a place to go where they actually find, you know, somebody to 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 engage them rather than hanging out in the streets. So, any type of engagement of young people, any type of investment in education, is an investment in prevention and de-radicalization. Look, fundamentally, my 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 problem. Is- is is with the left, with the Lib Dems, with with Labour, people on the left generally. Um, I was complimented by Irina by, uh, for using the word liberal, and I am a liberal, but I'm a muscular liberal. I don't understand the people sure, on the left. Best. I don't understand. I'm not a flabby liberal. I, I may be flabby. No, my liberalism, I'm very muscular about. Moves. Um, I don't understand it, the queers for Palestine thing that you see at Gay Pride, right? Israel, do you know what the you know what the criminal punishment for being homosexual in Israel is? Nothing. Do you know what it is in Palestine? There is one, right? End of story. We the people on the left trumpet identity politics, they trumpet LGBTQ plus AA, Cyrillic alphabetic spaghetti, all of this stuff, right? We love it, we love diversity, whatever. But then we are so weak. Yeah. We are so weak when we're faced with with ideologies like Islamism that obviously hate gays, obviously hate Jews, you know, oppress and suppress women. I mean, we need to be very clear that we in this country, you can be British and you can be you can be Christian, you can be Jewish, you can be Muslim, you can be Hindu, you can be Sikh, you can be Buddhist, you can be any sort of colour from any part of the globe, and you can be British. Mm. But, totally. I t- but totally. you need to understand that that means a certain permissive, tolerant, liberal attitude. And for some reason, the left has a blind spot when it comes to so that, hard Islamism. Any ism, sorry, I, I, as a liberal, as a liberal Democrat and a totally devoted social liberal, any isms to me are not, you know, n- not what I want the society to adhere to. I don't care what isms they are. And you're right, we should not discriminate between them. None of them is bringing any good to us. Well, I think we, in, in terms of education, it's very interesting the way that the protests about the promotion of uh, homosexual relationships in, in primary schools in, in Birmingham was dealt with. I, thought, I, felt, I felt that was very weak uh, in, this, in the way that uh, those parents were allowed to essentially shut the school down uh, and the, that, that protest uh, spread to, to many schools. So I think that that attitude towards a muscular, if you like, uh, interpretation of British values should absolutely be adhered to in schools. And that would, uh, I think, find some common ground here in terms of tackling the problem at, at grassroots level.
I think you're right. So, uh, I, I, I would agree with it. Isn't amazingly, this on this actually, agree with that. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so, but I actually do uh, agree with that. Everyone to but agree. you know what? You know what? Um, homophobia does not only exist in Islam. It, it, it in in some some radical parts of Islam, it 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 has existed always in Christianity, in Judaism, and other religions. That's and, true. Um, and in no religions at all. For so, it, I don't think again that you can that you can single out. Islam in no, this no, no, definitely not. But homophobia should it should should not be allowed in any way in schools. It, uh, homosexuality should be uh, taught to children uh, as a, a completely acceptable uh, relationship choice. Uh, not, a choice not a choice. Not a choice. Not a choice. Well, you you have to educate me further, Hamish. But I'm trying well, to be nice. Do you choose? Here. Do you choose to be uh, straight? Um, he chooses to have choose... straight relationships, though. Could yeah, you, we're talking could about you, relationships. Could you, could you choose to? Like, Hamish, I was talking about choices because we were talking. It's actually but it, at the same time the parents also have a choice. Of parents and having gay parents and things like that. So actually, it is about relationships. But the parents too. have a choice to let their children uh, be taught in the faith that they brought them up in as well. That is also a choice that we should stand by. Uh, we should stand by uh, religious freedoms.
Okay. Right. I'm, I'm, as you said, I've got all those principles. <laughs> and of course, I'm here because I love Amir to bits, and oh, particularly since wow. he had his change of heart, and he's been like the most amazing activist in our Thank party. You. So any success that we'll have in London 2020, it'll be entirely due to Amir single-handedly. Oh shit! We love to hear it. 